Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, uh, to the book of Luke. We've been camping out in Matthew and in Luke, uh, talking about the Christmas story. Uh, Luke is in the New Testament, uh, third book of the New Testament. We're going to go to chapter 1, and you're going to find these little numbers in your Bible, and uh, you just go down to verse... 26. If you don't have a Bible today, uh, you can look on the screens here, but I'm sure most of you have a digital Bible, or if you're old school, you have a paper Bible. Turn there, Luke chapter 1. Uh, it's really been our heart this whole entire month, not just to uh, for us to unwrap the hope of Christmas, uh, but it's been uh, really our heart that we would prepare ourselves and we would help other people unwrap the hope of Christmas as well in discovering Jesus Christ. And uh, this would be our, actually our last Sunday service of 2016. Uh, we're not having Sunday service next week, but we are having a Christmas Eve service right here, 5 o'clock. So come out to that. Some of you are like, oh, that's, that's sacrilegious. Why aren't you having service on, on Sunday? Well, uh, I don't know about you, but I celebrate Jesus every day. Come on, somebody. All right? But we have an incredible ministry team here at Canvas Church that serves about, you know, 50 to 52 weekends out of the year. And we thought, man, let's just give them the 27th off. They work hard. And so what we're going to encourage everybody to do is just take some time, worship together with friends and family on that morning. Uh, you could always go to Canvas Church. I heard there's some pretty good podcasts on their website. Mm-hmm. Check that out and uh, maybe catch up on one that you missed. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. going to read a snippet of the Christmas story. Uh, so far, we've read a portion about the wise men and learned some things from them and how we can unwrap uh, the hope of Christmas. Last week, uh, we talked about the shepherds. Today, we're going to look at a young lady named Mary. And it says in verse 26, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph. Now, if you just kind of read through the story too fast, you miss some key words like virgin, okay? That is important to this story. It's important to the birth of Jesus Christ. And so here she is as a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, the force is strong with you, woman. Not really what was said, but how many of you guys have seen the movie? Has anybody seen the movie yet? One of you. Two of you? You people need to get out more often. All right. An angel said, rejoice, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of a greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? Remember, she's a virgin, okay? Now, isn't it interesting when the angel comes to her, and begins to announce this to her, she, he makes this statement, you found favor with God. I don't know about you, but when I read the story, that doesn't sound like favor to me. Are you with me? Right? I, I haven't been with a man, but yet I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be made fun of. I don't think that the person I'm engaged to is really going to believe me. Are you there? Right? 
this doesn't really sound like favor, but yet in God's eyes, this is coming to favor Mary. Isn't it interesting that when God comes into our life and begins to use us, that sometimes it doesn't look like favor. But the end result is always amazing. Amen? How can this be? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this was a miracle happening for Elizabeth as well. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say nothing. Come on, say nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. What a great verse. Amen. Nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. What a powerful story and what an absolute miracle we see right here. She has not been with a man. She's a virgin, but yet she has a baby. How many say that's a miracle right there? I believe that the Christmas season is a season of miracles, and I believe God has one for you this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that, that your word is amazing. And I just pray that in the next few moments that we have together, uh, that, Lord, you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray for those that are in this place right now that, uh, Lord, maybe they're not in the Christmas spirit. Or, or maybe they're here and they, 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 they would hear these words read and they, they don't really necessarily believe for a miracle themselves. God, I ask that by the end of our time together that they would believe for their miracle that they need in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. This has got to be, I think, uh, when I read the Bible, one of the most ridiculous stories in the Bible, right? I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's some like when you read through the Bible, you come along a, a, across a, talk, a talking donkey. That's pretty ridiculous, right? I mean, God uses a donkey, come on, to, to speak to some people, all right? And I know some of you are looking up there like, yeah, he's still using one today. <laughs> Shut up. And, and it's a ridiculous story, right? It's a ridiculous story. There are ridiculous stories throughout the whole entire Bible, but as I read, this has got to be one of the most preposterous, ridiculous stories in the whole entire Bible. This is a woman that has never been with a man. She's engaged. She's probably been looking forward to this moment for a really long time. She's going to get married to her man, Joseph. But now when the angel comes and visits her, she's got to understand something that if she says yes to this thing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of create some tension, come on, in the relationship. Are you with me? Okay. Some of you in your relationship, you think you've got it bad. Try, try, try using this one, right? There's some tension that's going to happen. This is a ridiculous story, and yet she says yes, and she gets impregnated by the Holy Spirit without being intimate with a man. She carries Jesus for nine, ten months, and then births Jesus into the world so that we can celebrate Christmas. Amen? It's a ridiculous story. It really makes no sense. I guarantee you, if you tried that this story today, no one would believe you. All right? The great thing that we have today, though, is we have DNA testing. Come on, somebody. All right, I'll stick with you until that baby comes in. We're going to get it tested. We're going to find out who the daddy is, right? They didn't have that back then. Joseph had to walk in complete faith, and he had an angel visit him as well. It's a ridiculous story. 
I've seen some pretty incredible things in, in my lifetime. And, and what these incredible things that take place, what they do, at least for me, is it, it begins to give me some hope. It begins to give me some hope for the, for the future. I, I remember when my youngest, Faith, was born. And, uh, you know, she was uh, born cesarean. And uh, she, was, she, was, she didn't want to come out of the stomach. I'll just put it that way. She didn't want to come out. She wanted to stay in there. And so they had a hard time getting Faith out. And actually, when they got her out, um, they immediately took her over to wherever, wherever that table is, and, uh, and they start doing something with her. And I'm kind of watching the doctor, and so I leave, and I walk over there, and I'm watching my child turn blue. My child turns blue. I know they come out a little bit funky colors. Come on, somebody. But she's turning blue. And all of a sudden, I see the look on the doctor's face or the nurse's face, whoever had her, and she began to get concerned, and she's, you know, doing the little love tap on the booty. Come on, child. Come on, child. Breathe. Breathe. And I hear her just telling the child to breathe, and she's kind of starting to smack my child a little hard. And I'm like, hey, it's my baby. Faith wouldn't breathe. And so, so now she starts to get concerned, and she, hey, said, call, call the emergency technicians. And so they start making the call. And at that moment, i got to be honest with you, man, something came over me, not just as a father, but uh, something came over me in that moment. I believe it was the Holy Spirit. And I, I realized at that moment something was going on with my youngest Faith. And uh, she wasn't breathing yet. She's turning blue and blue and blue. And so I remember in that moment, here's my wife over here on the operating table, surrounded by all these doctors. Here's the emergency person over here. Here's the nurse. Here's my daughter. And in that room, uh, with all my breath, I looked at my daughter and I said, Faith, Deborah, you breathe right now in Jesus' mighty name. All of a sudden, <coughs> she started to breathe. But I'll never forget that moment, how ridiculous it probably seemed to the nurse that was holding because here she is saying, hey, make the emergency call. And I'm saying, no, breathe right now in Jesus' name. And the minute I said that, she begins to breathe. I remember the nurse looking at me like, what just happened? Kid you not, just looked at me. And then like she looked down at Faith and she looked at me and then looked over at the emergency person and said, hey, uh, you can call it off. We don't need them now. That's a ridiculous story. It wasn't too, too long after that, about four months after that, actually, we were on vacation in Playa del Carmen in Mexico, and uh, both my daughters were there. Cara is about uh, two and a half years old. Faith is four months old, and we're on this trip. And on this trip, my, my oldest, Cara, uh, she was a curious child, and she liked to go exploring, and she happened to go into a restaurant that we were waiting to get into and started exploring. We turned around. Okay, now don't look at me like I'm a bad parent, all right? I've seen some of you shopping in the malls, frantically looking for your children. Come on, somebody. Right as they're hiding in the clothes, right? We turned around and looked at each other for like 10 seconds, and we're like, where, where, where's Cara? Cara had gone into the restaurant, and she decided to climb up on one of the stools. Well, when she did, the stool flipped out, and she grabbed onto the table, and, and as she fell back, she pulled the table back on top of her. And all of a sudden, we hear this crash, and we hear this child screaming, and my first thought is my child would never do that. We run in there, and there's Cara laying on the ground. I pick up the table, and I pick her up, and instantly I looked at her arm right here, and I know it's broken. It was just like a, a big U. We're in, we're in Plato Carmen. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, help me. So I pick her up, and I put her on my arms, and we were there for a, uh, a wedding. And so one of the people that was there for the wedding happened to be a, a doctor and came over and looked at her real quick and said, man, you need to get her to the hospital. That's broken. And I remember Katie went to, to find a taxi cab, and I'm holding my daughter, and I'm just praying over her. And, and I'm one of those crazy charismatic people that prays in the Holy Spirit, all right? I don't know what your theology is on that, but I do it, and I enjoy doing it, all right? 
So I, I got her, I tucked in tight, and I'm praying over her. I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, touch her, Jesus, touch her, Jesus, touch her. Praying, and all of a sudden a cab pulls up, and I jump in, and I'm just praying over my daughter. And I look over to say something to my wife, but it's not my wife. It's my wife's aunt sitting there. True story, I'm like, what? my wife and she's yelling something to the cab driver we're driving all over you know this place you know going to a hospital and I am praying and, I, and at this moment you gotta know something my, my, my wife's aunt is not a believer but I don't care I am praying and she thought I was praying in, in Spanish or something come on somebody she was looking at me like how'd you know Spanish so quickly you know and I'm just praying over my daughter I want her to be healed you know all the way to the hospital, and by the time we get to the hospital, all of a sudden that you is a little smaller, and I can see the, the look on, on her aunt's face, like, oh, that's interesting, and we get her in, and by the time the doctor gets there and checks it out, that thing is, is completely straight. Doctor comes, x-rays it, looks at it, and says, it's just, it's just, just a little, little bruise. I tell you something, it wasn't bruised when I picked her up. I just know that that doctor, everybody in that restaurant, her aunt were looking at me like, what in the world happened to that woman? It's one of those ridiculous stories. I love Christmas because when you really honestly step back for a moment and look at the story that we just read, it is absolutely ridiculous. Now, now we, we maybe grew up with it and we grew up with Christmas and so we just become accustomed to it. But if you stop for a moment, this is a virgin. She, she never been with anybody. She has a baby. Her husband buys into it. Come on, somebody. Because of that, the Savior of the world is born. But I believe it is these miracle stories that we read like this that begins to give us hope for ourselves and begins to give us hope for our future. Amen. I love what happens here with Mary. She goes from being afraid, whoa, what kind of a greeting is that? To listening to the angel, to asking some questions of the angel, to the angel reassuring her, to her saying, I'm in. And if you read on, you get to Mary's song, and in verses 48 and 49, listen to what she declares. It's powerful. Verses 48 and 49, she says this. She says, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave, surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because the mighty one has done great things for me. What happened to Mary? She got hope for her future. I, I don't know what's going on in your life today. I don't know what your Christmas has been like so far. I don't know what 2015 has been like so far, but I know this, that there's hope for your future, and it's found in Jesus Christ. I want to share with you just real quickly, just these things that I see in this story that can begin to give us hope. We can have hope today because, first of all, we've been qualified. We have been qualified. We have been qualified. Well, when, I, when I've heard the story of, of Christmas and, and, and heard Mary talked about before, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but when I've heard the story of Mary talked about before, people would say that the thing that qualified Mary is she kept herself pure. Because she kept herself pure, therefore, she was available. But, but I have a problem with that, ladies and gentlemen, because that puts the ownership on us rather than on the grace of Jesus Christ. 
And so when you begin to look at this story, listen to me. Mary wasn't qualified because she was a virgin. She wasn't qualified just because, you know, she kept herself pure. There had to be other pure virgins in the land, right? This is why she was qualified. She was qualified because if you study where she came from, she came from the line of David, King David in the Old Testament. And the Bible is very clear that the son to be born, the savior of the world, we're having a light show going on right now, isn't it cool? Helps me preach better. The savior of the world is going to come from the line of David. The thing that qualified Mary to be the one that could carry the Savior, Jesus Christ, to the earth was her bloodline. Can I tell you something this morning? The thing that qualifies you and I is not our works. It's not our deeds. It's not how much we try. It's not how much we do. It is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. It is because Jesus Christ went to the cross and shed his blood for you and I that you and I can be qualified today. The same thing that qualified Mary back then, a bloodline is the same thing that qualifies each and every one of us. His blood was shed for us. And because his blood was shed for us, come on, we are qualified in Jesus' name. Amen? We are qualified because our sin has been nullified. Our sin has been nullified, therefore we are qualified. Listen, some of us need to hear this this morning. Because some of us are, are trying our best and working really hard and wanting to do and wanting to be perfect and wanting to be noticed. And, and I need to pray more and, and, and I need to read my Bible more and I need to just try just a little bit harder. I've been caught in that trap before. What I need to realize is that I'm qualified, not because of what I've done, not because of what I can do. I'm qualified because of who he is. Amen. Mary was qualified because of who David was. You and I are qualified because of who Jesus is. Amen. I'm so thankful today that I can have hope because I'm qualified, because of a relationship. Whatever God wants to do in and through my life, however God wants to use me, amen. I can do what I don't, I don't feel like, but I can. It's okay. I can. Why? Because of relationship. Because of relationship, I remember not too long ago, we, was it two years ago, we had the opportunity to take a trip to Disney World. Anybody ever been to Disney World? Woo, all right, yeah. <laughs> Disneyland, anybody? All right, there we go, just up the road, yeah. We got to go to Disney World, and uh, I was so excited. I got to go, my wife got to go, my daughters got to go, uh, my brother-in-law, his wife, no, nope, we weren't married yet, were they? My brother-in-law, we all got to go. It was so awesome, and I remember just being so excited about this trip, like, I'm going to Disneyland. Nope, Disney World. Why? Because I won something. And I remember sharing with some people. I remember some people getting uh, upset with me. Somebody said, well, wh why do you get to go to Disney World? You, you don't deserve that. First of all, I punched him in the face. I repented later, though. It's okay. And I, I just, I couldn't help thinking, like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't deserve it. But they were so upset that I got to go to Disney World. Why, why do you get to go? You don't deserve it. I can't help thinking, you're right, I don't deserve it. But the reason I get to go to Disney World is because I, I married the right person. Come on, somebody. It was because of relationship. It was because somebody else stepped in. It's because her parents said, I want to take the whole entire family to Disney World. And the only reason I got to go is because of relationship. 
I was qualified because of relationship. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. No, you don't deserve it. No, it probably isn't fair, but you get to go because of relationship. Mary got chosen because of relationship. She was qualified. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that we have now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of what he did, what he's still doing. Amen. Amen. Because again, his work, his grace, his mercy, his love. We can have hope. Secondly, we can have hope because the Holy Spirit still overshadows us. We can have hope because the Holy Spirit still overshadows us. How is this going to be, angel? I've never been, I've never been with a, a man before. I've never been intimate. How, how is this going to happen? It's going to happen because the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the presence of the Most High will overshadow you. Once again, not because of something you did, Mary. I know you've never been with a man. It's not about that. It's not about what you are doing or what you can do. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that overshadows you. And I want you to know something. We can have hope today because the Holy Spirit still overshadows us. I'm telling you right now, everything and anything significant you will do in your life for the kingdom of God, in this spiritual journey, in this relationship, will happen because of the Holy Spirit overshadowing you. No, no matter what your, what your thoughts are, no matter what your deeds are, it's going to happen because the Holy Spirit overshadows you. And I want you to know we have hope today because the Holy Spirit still does overshadow us. The Bible tells us in Romans 8.11, that same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Amen. Mary could have never done this. Reason not only was she able to birth the son, but the reason she was able to carry Jesus for nine months. The reason that Joseph got involved in the whole plot was because the Holy Spirit was overshadowing the moment. I believe there's some of you here this morning, you need to hear that because of some things that you're walking through. Some things that you're dealing with, some, some, some stuff that you're walking through right now. You need to know that the Holy Spirit still overshadows you. He's here. He's working. He's involved. But 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 I I, I don't I don't I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Listen. Mary had to ask the question. And we don't know what that whole supernatural event was like when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. But there was no feeling involved. It wasn't until the baby started to grow. The baby started to move. That she could even fully tell that something was taking place inside of her. See, a lot of us, we want this emotional sensation to know that the Holy Spirit is overshadowing us. But for her, it was a step of faith. I want you to know something. Everything you receive in the kingdom of God is received through faith. She said yes, but it wasn't for weeks, maybe a month before she's like, oh my gosh, it's coming to pass. 
Oh, my word, it's, it's happening. He really is growing inside of you. I want you to know something right now. The Holy Spirit is overshadowing your life. The Holy Spirit is overshadowing the events in your life. When you pray, you might not get the immediate sensation or the immediate answer, but you've got to know in faith and hope for the future, you've got to know that he is working things out for you. Amen. And you keep walking in faith, and you keep having hope for the future, and as you do that, man, days will go by, maybe weeks, maybe a month, all of a sudden you begin to say, wow, this is, this is really happening. This is, this is really taking place. I remember when, when God spoke to my wife and I, an incredible team, to come plant a church in San Diego. First of all, all I heard was San Diego, and I'm like, yes! I grew up in the Northwest, where it rains a lot. I'm like, San Diego? Yeah. And then I was kind of blinded to the, the, the plant a church part. I was like, I'm going to surf and... Oh, you got to work? Oh, you want me to plant what? Okay. And then there's something I discovered. Planting things in hot climates is difficult. We didn't see anything take place right away. But through faith, having hope for the future, and through persistence, come on. Right? telling you right now, I, I, this is for somebody in here right now, uh, there's, there's somebody in here right now, you're walking through a season in your life that I feel is so strongly, and there's some uncertainty uh, that's leading maybe even to some insecurity, it's causing you to doubt, it's causing you to question, it's causing you to wonder, it, it, at, at, at times it's causing you to be agitated, and even angry in moments, but I want you to know something, the Holy Spirit is working on your behalf, He is overshadowing you right now in this moment. Can you say amen? I'll never, never forget, I was preaching in Australia, and a, a ton of people, several thousand people, and the Holy Spirit just came upon me in this moment, and I remember just pushing the notes aside, and, and I began to just get what the Bible calls, 1 Corinthians 12, a word of knowledge. And I began to share this word of knowledge, and people began to respond. And within 15 minutes, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of young people were responding to this message. I mean, it was insane. They had to clear out all the chairs in the middle section. There were hundreds of young people. We took the next several hours, and we just began to pray for them and watch the power of God come upon them. It was, it, it was amazing. I could have never done that. Look, I, I plan, I prepare, I, I study for a message, but man, can I tell you something? Something powerful happens when the Holy Spirit comes and overshadows your life. Something powerful, something supernatural. I'll never forget that moment. I remember I was preaching in, in New York City, uh, and uh, I think, were you, I don't know if you were there on this one, but I was preaching in New York City. And uh, several hundred young people. And at the end of my message, God began to give me a word. And, and the word went something like this. I said, there's a young man here today. And we had already had a great response to the altar. People were getting saved. And I said, there's a young man here that God really wants to touch your life. But, but you're hesitant. You're not responding. You need to come forward. And, and we kind of waited in some awkward moments. And nobody responded. And, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me some more. He said, said, tell them exactly what.
what they were doing this, this afternoon. And so I said, okay, uh, what was he doing this morning? Uh, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm going to show him. I said, there's a young man. It's the same young man. Young man, you, were, you are here at this conference, but you didn't want to be here at this conference. As a matter of fact, today at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you were sleeping with your girlfriend before you got on a bus to come here. But God is calling you out right now, and he wants you to witness his power and, 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 and his presence. And guess what? A young man responded and came forward and received Jesus that night. Now, can I tell you something? You better know that the Holy Spirit is overshadowing you to say what I said in a meeting like that. I remember I was just like, ah, okay, I'll say it. Matter of fact, one of my mentors was sitting on the front row, preached at the same exact conference I did. And the whole entire time I was saying it, he was cringing like this. He was like, oh, I taught you better than that, Ben. I taught you better than that. True story. What happened? The power of the Holy Spirit was overshadowing that moment. I want you to know something, that he still overshadows us today. Amen. Listen, you don't need the force. Come on, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. There are some of you in here right now that you are searching for answers. You're looking for answers. You're going to counselors. And trust me, there's nothing wrong with counselors. They're good. We need them. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. But sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we just need a moment in the presence of God where his power comes, his presence comes, and all of a sudden we get direction, we get clarity, we get the answer we need. Amen. We get the miracle-working power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing us, and something powerful happens. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. I'm preaching like we're not having service on the 27th. I got to get it all out right now. We can have hope. We can have hope. The Holy Spirit still overshadows us. And lastly, we can have hope today because of the testimony of others. We can have hope today because of the testimony of others. You're favored, Mary. Why? Because you're from the right bloodline. And by the way, Mary, have hope because the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And the conversation continues on. And the angel sees that she's starting to respond and, and gives her one last blast of hope. And says, hey, look at your relative Elizabeth. The one that was called childless. The one that was called barren. The one that was, it wasn't going to happen. Even she right now is pregnant with child. What was the angel doing? The angel was pointing her to the testimony of somebody else to give her hope for her own circumstance and her own situation. We can have hope today because of the testimony of somebody else. I grew up in a, in a pretty radical church. Uh, my mom's kind of tamed down in her later years. But I grew up in a pretty radical church, and we used to have a thing called testimony service. Anybody ever been a part of testimony service? Now, I know that that's not necessarily an old school thing, but it kind of seems like it's become a little old school. But you, you, you know, testimony service, someone comes up, and Brother Larry comes up, and just, I just want to give. You know Brother Larry, too, all right? I know. Uh, Brother Larry comes up, and he says, I just want to give God some praise. You know, the other day I had, I had a, little, a little cough, right? Didn't matter what it was. And I just, I told that cough to leave me alone in Jesus' name. And that cough left me. Everybody's like, yeah! Right? Seriously, anybody ever been a part of testimony service? And, and, you know, somebody else, little, you know, Sister Sue gets up. And like, I just want to give God praise because I was praying for my granddaughter. Right? 
And I pray for my granddaughter. God would just touch her life. I talked to her mommy the other day, and she accepted Jesus into her heart. Yeah! Place goes crazy. And I'm telling you what, by the end of the night, man, the place is vibrant and full of faith and full of hope and full of joy and full of anticipation. All of a sudden, people at the end are like, I, I want some prayer. I, I got a little cough. I got a little granddaughter. And they come forward for prayer. And all of a sudden, you see the hope begin to rise up inside of them because of somebody else's testimony. I don't know why you would miss church on a Sunday. I don't know why you wouldn't be a part of a small group. You should get plugged in and hear somebody begin to share with what God's doing in their life. And as you hear what God's doing in their life, all of a sudden you're like, hey, if he can do it for them, then, then surely God can do it for me as well. There's hope for me because of the testimony of somebody else and what God is doing in their life. The spiritual journey was never meant to be lived alone. It was meant to be lived in community because when one is down, the other comes and picks them up and says, I got you. How do you got me? I got you with the testimony. This is what God did in my life. This is what God's going to do for you. Amen. We can have hope today because of the testimony of others. We can have hope today because the Holy Spirit still overshadows us. We can have hope today, amen, because we've been qualified by the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that your word is awesome. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.